Hello and welcome to another ParentLine podcast. Today I had the opportunity of meeting with Stevie from Relate NI and we talked about all things related to relationship and sexuality education. You'll find it useful because we go into issues in terms of if you're a parent and you're not sure how to approach the subject uh, with your children. I've been your host, Ellen Finlay, and I'll catch up with you again. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe. Thanks. Welcome to the Parent Line podcast, where we discuss the joys and challenges of modern parenting and explore how we as parents can give our children the best start in life. Welcome, Stevie, to our Parent Line podcast. Um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? And you work for Relate as well. So if you can tell me a little bit about them. Yeah, my name is Stevie McGinn. Um, I am the Communications and Engagement Officer at uh, Relate NI. I'm passionate about relationship and sexuality education. Brilliant. So actually, that was one, one of the first questions I wanted to ask you, because we see this term all the time. And I'm not sure if parents who are listening know what the term means um so what does rse actually stand for and why is it important so rse stands for relationship and sexuality education so that can cover a range of topics from you know dealing with puberty um sexual and gender identity um Mm -hmm. sexual health and contraception um and topics like consent and how to deal with abusive behavior um, but it also has a really strong focus on healthy relationships, so including couples, um, family relationships and friendships and stuff. Right. Um, it's it's really important because relationships are um, central to our health and well-being, you know, yeah. the foundations. I actually didn't realise it covered those uh, broad range of topics. So why is it important um, that children and young people learn about RSE in schools? So... It, it can cover all those topics, it's important to say. It really depends on who is delivering. Um, and that's because the statutory curriculum, which was introduced in the 2007-2008 school year, yeah. um, it gives a lot of flexibility to teachers and schools on what is included, or in other ways you could say what is not included. Um, and there's certain implications of that. It's really important that it's taught because, as I say, relationships are so fundamental to our health and well-being, really um, big part of just the kind of human lived experience, but also our health. And it needs to be taught in school because if not in school, where else are they finding out about this? Um, the answers are often in the media and the Internet, and there's some kind of negative connotations when that happens as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess that that was um, one of the questions that I was going to ask you, because if children, young people aren't learning about um, relationships, sexuality and, and sex education in schools um, and parents feel embarrassed about talking about it, where are young people getting the knowledge these days? Yeah, so I suppose there's really two answers. One is either they aren't which is a problem. And the other is that if they are, it's often from sources that, you know, whether that's in the media, online, on social media, and maybe even on the internet and things like pornography and stuff. Um, So there's there's huge issues with that. I use public transport. So I have have overheard some conversations, which sometimes I think I really don't want to hear, but I, I have heard them. And it seems as if there's a lot of expectations on young people, you know, in terms of body image 
and what's expected of them in relationships. So what are the consequences in terms of young people getting all their information online and from porn websites? Well, I would say it's going to create this image, which is not achievable. So then when our young people strive to achieve those things but can't, that has real implications on you know their ability to develop healthy relationships, yeah. but also their own kind of self-worth and real implications on their mental health and well-being. So that that is a big issue. And you know, that's an increasingly big issue that we're seeing in today's kind of world often coming up through counseling and other services. Other problems are just that they're not the young people aren't being um, taught to deal with things that are are, are big parts of their lives. So if mm-hmm. we take LGBTQ young people, uh-huh. they're not being taught about what it means to be to be able to um, express your sexuality or normal same-sex relationships. Mm-hmm. That might really affect their ability to kind of accept themselves and can lead to an array of like mental health issues and stuff as well. And as well, you know, we might have um, young people in our schools or youth groups who are children of same-sex parents. Yeah. Who, so it's really important that we normalize that in their education system as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just don't, you know, I wouldn't like to be a young person now because all the images that we see online and we're fed in the media um, certainly has an impact on self-worth. Absolutely, absolutely. And relationships can be something which really give us worth and give us purpose. And here, um, in this case, it's something which if they're striving to be this certain way, it's affecting their ability to have meaningful relationships, which I mentioned at the beginning, are so, so integral to um, the foundation of our health and well-being. Mm-hmm. In terms of, you know, if a parent is listening to this and they haven't approached the subject of uh, relationships and sexuality uh, and sex education with their, their children, what advice could you um, give them? Um, if they want to approach that subject with their children, young people? Um, well, I would really encourage them to do it and just to, you know, to do some research. Um, there is some really good resources out there. It's really important to be age appropriate. So our programme would be very much age appropriate and kind of tailored to the young people, you know, mm-hmm. the age group or whatever it might be. For young people, primary school age children, it's talking about the importance of relationships and Connect, human connection and okay. you know friendships and why those kind of things are important and um, later on you might want to move on to um, bigger subjects um, I would just say to really do your research and try to complement maybe what the school their school might be teaching or not teaching mm-hmm. so um, the education authority is really transparent about what is taught in schools and they have resources online so you can go quite in depth into what might be being taught okay so you could look at what is being taught so that you know what they probably are aware of already so that you know what stage they're at. Um, you could also look at what maybe they're potentially missing out on that you think is important and make sure they're getting that part as well. Because as I say, the curriculum is really, really different all over NI. Mm-hmm. And what age would you suggest that they start talking to their um, children about this? Right now, it happens from from age six in primary school. So in primary, it's all on personal development and mutual understanding is what Uh they call it. And in post-primary, it's learning for life and work. So, you know, it's up to you. Every every parent will be able to decide what they think is right for them and where their young people are at. Um, Mm -hmm. What I would say is, especially in today's world, is a lot of the topics that we would cover in relationship and sexuality education, including um, the importance of sexual health, and staying safe on the internet 
you know, those things are something, you know, staying safe on the internet, for example, really important to get that in at an early age um, mm-hmm. in the digital world we live in. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these things in the digital world, they're going to be exposed to, I think many parents probably will agree with that and accept that that's what's about preparing young people to deal with the things that are, are probably going to come up anyway. Yeah, I think that is one thing um, as a parent myself that I get concerned about, you know, and especially when they were younger, you know, I think, oh, my, my child, I want to protect them. Um, I don't want them to get into things that, you know, they may not be ready with and I suppose it's about the child's innocence so if a parent thinks that well actually I don't want to teach my child about these issues at the moment um, what would you say to them because if you're saying that well they're going to be exposed to that at some stage a few things really so it's really important to remember the relationship part I think often we think about this you know in like American movies and stuff they often talk about sex ed yes yeah. And I think that has had a real, um, really impacted on how we think about this, but it's sexuality education. So it's not teaching young people how to have sex, although part of it is to do with safer sex yeah. and sexual health. But it's actually about building confidence, building self-esteem okay. and, and resilience, yeah. um, you know, in terms of consent. And one of the things we would approach is how to look out for unhealthy relationships, not just healthy ones, and what to do about that. You know, if there's potentially abuse happening or somebody's being right. taken advantage of, what can what can you do to kind of stop that? And it's really about knowing that as well. Personal coping strategies um, and staying safe online. So it's really about resilience, I think, is at the core of this. Yeah, that that is so useful because when you you think about the topic, you do think it it's it's about the sex end of it rather than mm-hmm. the relationship as well. So were, much of it is about yourself rather than others, you know. Yeah, and actually, there was something that you you mentioned there in terms of you know young people being taken advantage of, and we know that with online safety and stuff, it, it, it's an issue. I mean, what does that look like in terms of how can a parent? understand what could be happening to to their child and and what should they look out for? I guess that's the importance of covering this is you by having these conversations with your children or children that you work with, maybe you'll get an insight into what they already know and where they're getting their information from. And that allows you to kind of combat that with actual sound information. Staying safe online, it's it's a really, really difficult one. I think it's important just that you know what your young people are doing. It can be so enriching um, and they can get so much out of it in terms of education. So it's about directing them to the right resources. So there's Mm -hmm. loads of online resources like we co-deliver our our program with um, the Rainbow Project and Nexus. So they have um, good online resources. The Rainbow Project especially has like online um, courses mm-hmm. and quizzes and the likes of that. So I would say as well for parents who want to discuss this, part of our program of RSE is for young people, but we also have a program for adults and parents. Oh, very good. And so that can teach parents the skills, the information, or just give them the confidence to approach these things. I think that is is probably really useful maybe to a lot of parents, especially as a lot of these things have moved on, really. You know, where we talk in terms of sexuality, um, thankfully, a lot more outwardly than maybe a lot of parents listen will have done. So that, that, that covers things like, um, again, talking about puberty, 
and healthy relationships, but it gives you the skills to talk about safer sex, to talk mm-hmm. about sexual orientation and gender identity. Mm-hmm. So I would really encourage people if they feel like that would be useful to um, get in contact with us about that. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and so what tips would you give a parent if their child, son or daughter did come out uh, as gay? How would you suggest they act, but also support the, the young person? It may be a shock to you. Um, or new to you um, it may not be but it may be and what I would say is the the young person has probably already considered this for a long time before yeah. speaking to you so rather than asking those questions and are you sure and you know this old term of is it a phase and, and stuff like right. this if somebody has come out it may be new to you but they've probably been thinking about this a while and so it very much is the case I think you should embrace that you know the fact that your child is in a place where they are happy to express and be the truest version of themselves to you is something that you should really celebrate um, because not everybody can do that and I think in ways that can often say a lot about you as a parent so you know embrace it on the other side um your child might never come out to you but they might still live outwardly as as a queer person so you know don't you shouldn't be insulted by that you know thankfully again we live in a world where coming out it's becoming a little bit redundant what, would, what, what does that actually mean um steve i'm not sure so you know in society we don't generally ask heterosexual people to confirm that they are you know straight right over the years it's become a thing where, where queer people have to come out so mm-hmm. maybe the case where they don't come out to you but they one day bring home their same-sex partner or whatever so just be prepared for that as well it might not okay. be that sit-down discussion that you've kind of feared or imagined mm-hmm. um they might be really happy and don't want to do it that way just come home and be like look this is my girlfriend or my boyfriend or whatever it might be and again you should just really celebrate that rather than saying oh well you, you never told me or, you know, um, yeah. why, why did you not feel like you could come to me with that? You know, yeah. you were re- using the, the term queer there. Um, mm-hmm. Can you maybe explain, you know, what LGBTQ plus means and what would be acceptable to, to say or the terms that, that we should be using these days? I, I know there's a, there's a list, but I think sometimes, you know, any parent that is watching this, you know, maybe from a generation where this is all new. So I think being Mm -hmm. able to share that would be helpful for them. Yeah. So LGBTQ plus means literally um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, um, queer and plus. So the plus is because there are so many um, things that fall under that term um, and different identities. Queer, the word I used you asked about, is kind of like an umbrella term. So like I would prefer to use that term Mm -hmm. for myself and identify that way. It's kind of just everything all encompassing because some people just... It's just to prefer it, you know, because we hear this thing about sexuality being like a spectrum. Yeah. So, you know, in early life, you might feel straight and later in life, you know, sexuality develops, it moves, you know, it's very fluid. So later in life, you might move on to also having um, relationships with people of the same sex. So that term queer allows for the movement rather than if you're identifying as gay and then that maybe changes for you later in life. Um, So you're not held down by it. What is acceptable will be down to the individual person. So I know I have met people who are off the generation you're maybe talking about who don't like the word queer because 
Yeah. It was a negative. It yeah, had negative yes, connotations. Yes, that's what I was asking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess it's been like reclaimed almost as okay. like a, a celebration almost uh, in ways. And part of the reasons why I like it in terms of um, gender identity terms, it's important to just be accepting as well. If your child comes to you and says that they want to identify with um, certain pronouns. So mm-hmm. other than the one you might be used, used to. So, you know, it's really important that you you be accepting of that and you use those pronouns so if they've been using he but now I want to use she or they it's really important that you you use those pronouns but it's also there'll be times when you slip up and that's yeah. okay and I, I think for parents the main thing you can do in that case is say look I'm sorry and acknowledge what you've mm-hmm. done and correct it rather mm-hmm. than um, continuing to misgender them so I think that's at the root of it as long as you accept when you've done wrong and try to get better and eventually um, you'll get there, yeah, yeah, that that's really helpful. Um, in terms of you know, if parents wanted to find out more about RSE, where would you suggest they go? Obviously, we've got Parent Line, and they can phone us for for help. But does Relate offer some courses and and mm-hmm. some advice as well? That um, program we have for parents and adults that I mentioned is um, three two R workshops okay so you'd be you know it'd be small groups um, maybe other parents youth workers and people who work with children and that is really really useful and you know not overly a big massive time commitment so we can offer that um and my colleague beth and rainbow and nexus would deliver that the different aspects of that so please do um get in touch with us if you want that and then those online resources i talked about including the education authority the rainbow project um there is a lot of stuff out there Mm-hmm. Well, we'll certainly share those websites with, with parents that Brilliant. are um, in contact with us. Um, in terms of policy, and you were talking before about RSE, um, it's very hit or miss in terms of what is delivered a- across Northern Ireland. I mean, what would you like to see in terms of changes to policy? What I would say is when I'm saying that, I I don't want to put the whole onus or the blame for if there's a poor quality delivered on per, on teachers and, and schools and stuff, because we need to equip them and skill them yeah. to deliver it. So what I would like to see is a compulsory program of RSE. So right now, for different reasons, schools can opt. Maybe that's based on faith or whatever reason, or just the teacher not being feeling like they can deliver that in a in, in a in a way which is working. They can opt out of certain areas um, in the current curriculum. So it would be really good if we could instead train all our teaching staff in a core compulsory program which is inclusive of you know queer and LGBT um, relationships, which teaches about consent. England has done this. So this school year in England, they have just started a compulsory mm-hmm. program. So all schools will be the same level, but you know, it's education. So we often talk about how we want all children to have the same level of education and this is education. So it's important that we do have that. Mm -hmm. And in terms of, you know, when your child starts relationships and, you know, what tips could you offer to, to parents in helping them manage that relationship? Because obviously when you're young and you're in love, you know, you become sort of obsessive. Mm-hmm. A, a little bit, we, we've all been there. What advice could you offer parents? 
I don't know. I don't know if I would. I would offer them advice to manage that relationship. You know, I yeah. would manage your young people's expectations, as I've said um, throughout, you know, teach to make sure they have the skills, they're equipped with the skills to spot unhealthy behavior yeah. and unhealthy relationships and, and damaging things. Often those those things you've talked about, you know, young people you've heard on the bus or whatever and their peers and, and stuff mm-hmm. about um, body images, that can also our romantic relationships can can also give us that set us up to be that kind of image which um, is hard for us to achieve so just making sure they have the skills through having these conversations otherwise I don't know if I would be I would be letting them you know it's all part of life isn't it? it's part of being it a teenager is. or a young adult is to just mm-hmm. do it wrong and learn or do it yeah, right I exactly <laughs> I, I think from my point of view you know with, with our two teenagers I've I've stepped back you know and, and as you say they, they need to learn these kind of things yeah they really do absolutely Stevie in terms of you know some parents they're they um, have a very strong faith and in their eyes that they shouldn't really be teaching their, their children uh, uh, about sexuality and uh, about sex education. And um, what what would you say to, to those parents? I would say first and foremost to just remind them about what is RSE. It's relationship and sexuality education. Now relationship is coming first there. So it's about family life. It's about home life. It's about our relationship with ourselves. I would say that, you know, People of all faiths, there will be, for example, queer LGBT people um, born into these faiths and they may be really struggling with mm-hmm. some of the issues around dealing with their sexuality. I know that was the case for me. And so when they're in maybe a community where they're not, they don't have maybe role models or they're not um, finding out a lot of this information, it's really important that they, they are then getting it from somewhere else. If you don't feel like because of your faith or confidence or whatever you yeah. want to talk about it, um, then, you know, it's important those resources are given to the children by others. Mm-hmm. I would also say that, you know, issues around sexual exploitation and consent are, that can happen to anybody, um, sexual exploitation. So it's really important that you, it's better that you would equip young people to deal mm-hmm. with that. It's not encouraging them to have um, sex sooner than you yeah. than may, they may be ready for, mm-hmm. um, but it's about giving them the skills so that if they're faced with some sort of negative behaviour, um, they're not left vulnerable. And I, I would just talk about the implications of of not teaching this on young people's mental health. You know, we've talked about body image issues, about dealing with sexuality, mm-hmm. about the problems that pornography gives us and, and mm-hmm. our peers give us. You know, what are the implications on our mental health and well-being if we don't teach young people this? And also, you know, they may not use a lot of this into adulthood. They may not start, they may not have a romantic relationship into their 20s or a sexual mm-hmm. relationship. But even if they're 40, they still need to have learned this stuff at some point, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it's important that we normalize it now 